morning. By the time this airs, I am going to give a warning. By the time this airs on Tuesday, these games that we're going to talk about later in the show will have already aired. And we will know who's on their way to the Super Bowl. All right? I'm just warning you. Don't get up Tuesday morning and say, why are they talking about old stuff? Let's look at this as being the crystal ball show, okay? How's that? I, I, got the, I got the perfect head for that. <laughs> my man, my friend, my sports guru, Tony McLean, is in the building with me today. And we are going to talk about sports. Hey, Tony. How are you? How are you? I got a cold, so just bear with me. Audience, mm-hmm. same. So if you hear everything like this, that's me popping something in Not to make problem. sure that I can have uh-huh. at least... A non-froggy throat. Mm-hmm. Just breathe yes. toward Bridgeport. Before you're <laughs> Actually, that's probably where I picked this up from. There you go. But anyway, interesting conversation before the mics turned on in regard to the Knicks and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And you told me something that I had no idea, not a clue. He has a no trade clause, Carmelo Anthony? Yes, he does. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and see, anything that you keep hearing about him agreeing to it, please wait, here's the anatomy of a quote-unquote fake news story. Mm-hmm. Again, he has, a, he has a no trade clause. Story surfaces last Tuesday of him, of, you know, of um, the Knicks need to get rid of Mello. You know, it, it, it's a slow time for the tabloids. The Giants are out. <laughs> uh, spring training is another month away. And both the hockey and basketball teams or whatever. So they have to sort of make up stuff along the way. But now, hasn't there been some kind of disagreement between Phil and and Mello and The rub is uh one of Phil's former associates, Charlie Rosen, wrote this unattrib- no, uh, unattributable story about uh them wanting to get rid of Mello and trading him and how he's used, he's outused his usefulness. Basically, it comes off as like, this guy's coming off as sort of a mouthpiece for the Zen master. Saying, and, and so they're trying to create an atmosphere to get Where? rid of him. Basically, make him the scapegoat. I mean, like I said, you know, Mello is blamed for uh, the Kennedy assassination, the Lindbergh uh, <laughs> kidnapping, baby kidnapping, every, everything. I mean, he, he apparently he introduced uh, uh, Yoko to John Lennon as well. <laughs> but they want to, they want to, they basically, when the Knicks go bad, it's his problem. When the team wins, oh, they're a great, you know, they're they're a decent team. They're a decent and, team. And you know, as a realistic Knicks fan, even with the team getting younger and a little bit more this year. They're still a work in progress, as they've shown. They can't guard uh, a, a statue right now. And in the NBA, you have to at least play a modicum of defense. Right. I know there might be people that may not may, may think contrary to that, but you have to be able to play a little bit of defense, and that's, the, that, that's their biggest problem. For the first time in a long time, they've got some offensive weapons with Melo, mm-hmm. with, um, with D. Rose, and, and um, Porzingis when he's healthy. Their problem is they they can't stop anybody. Yeah, and and but um, so is there any truth to this? Let's put it this way: him, uh, Phil, and Mello apparently had this little powwow the other day, mm-hmm. and you know, Mello has said 
from day one, Melo said, I want to be here when it turns around. That's the reason why I came here. I want to, you know, I want to be the guy that brings the Knicks back another championship. He has said that from day one. Apparently, people have forgotten about that over the years, mm-hmm. in, 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 a, in a sense. But the thing is, Melo, Melo wants to be in New York. That's been the thing from day one. So there's no real is there there might be a mordicum in truth regarding how they might be feeling about him at the moment yeah well but see the zen master is also the same genius that re-signed him and put in the no right. trade clause so right. it's like uh phil do you talk you know does the left hand talk to the right hand you know it's, it's it's not like they don't know any of this stuff right so for him to for him to literally try to make um, him the scapegoat is, it's is a little just, ridiculous. It's, uh, it's ass backwards for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And see also when you look at this whole thing of you're not, you know, there's still no guarantee that D Rose is coming back next year. Mm-hmm. So let's, but is he, is he really healthy enough? I mean, I love well, the fact that he's with New York. Well, see, that's the, that's the whole thing. See, this is basically a year long, you know, job interview okay. in a sense. You know, they they got him for the one year because they knew he had one year left on his contract. He's already said he wants max money, and he's already said he'd like to be in New York. Now, I know going into the year, I said the over-under for him games play, I put it at 55. That's how many games he played last year with uh, Chicago. Now, so far, except for the uh, little incident that he had with his family and a few other, you know, ouches mm. or whatever— He's probably played pretty much ninety percent of the games, so in that vein, it's been okay. What's his numbers look like? It's not bad. I mean, he's he's put this way: the the MV, the Derrick Rose MVP numbers we'll probably never, never see, see those again. again. But the numbers that he's been putting up have been more than adequate. He's been very well. As a matter of fact, I, you know, um, truth be told, his backup uh, Brandon Jennings has done well. As well, mm-hmm. I, I like you know you they're they're somewhat interchangeable, okay. but the one constant okay. is they they you know, again they can't guard a statue <laughs> as, as a team right now. And but this way, their two best defensive players are Kyle Quinn mm-hmm. and uh, Joaquin Noah. Mm-hmm. But on most nights, you're barely gonna you're not even gonna get double figures between the two of them on most right. nights. So right. that therein therein lies the rub because. When your two best defensive players can't help you offensively, it, it it's, and, it's useless. And 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 see, right now they're going, they're they're right in the middle of Buzzard's luck right now. It can't kill nothing, and nothing won't die. <laughs> and 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 Phil's doing this with basically trying to scapegoat your best player makes it even worse. Because see, let's just say they trade him, then what? Mm-hmm. Are they now? Are they? What are they going to get? But do for they him? have a cap? The Knicks oh, have a cap. Well, they've got a little room, but I mean, right now, let's put it this way: Melo's the highest paid player. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they signed Noah for a couple of uh, bucks. Yeah. Uh, they, d- they, they what absorbed, about D Rose? They absorbed. I don't think they absorbed the whole salary. I think Chicago is still paying, paying for part like of it. part of it, but they uh-huh. but they get the New York is still paying the majority of it. So, they're cap wise, they've got to see next year is the year that everybody is sort of waiting for in the sense of a cap room because you get the because the new TV money kicks in okay and the cap money goes up I think about 5 mil per team okay so that's why a lot of teams are sort of waiting for next year now the thing is with the Knicks 
they're, let's put it this way, they're sort of where people thought the Sixers would be. Mm-hmm. Because the Sixers are still they're developing. Still, yeah, and, and, and be quite honest, if they if they take a chance on these kids and get the right combination, it could it could it could come up aces for them. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, their future is probably a little bit better than the Knicks because they've got so many young guys and they've got some tradable young guys to go along with that. So their future is probably a little bit brighter than the Knicks. But that being said, this is the youngest roster the Knicks have had in like forever. I was going to say at least twenty years, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Mello, Mello, and Rose are basically the elder statesmen, right? So, right. The majority of this team is young, and the thing is, Porzingis. You know, you're basically trying to make this Porzingis's team, mm-hmm. and I get that. But as a person who lived through Bernard King and nobody else, right, right. and Patrick Ewing and nobody, <laughs> nobody else. else. I've seen this movie before, and, I, mm-hmm. and Godzilla kills us at the end at, all the time. So <laughs> I, I would like to see them keep this team somewhat together. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's, 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 not a, it's not an easy thing. Now, unless there's a deal out there on the table that they can make, shut up, Phil. Well, that's the other thing. Is there anybody on the Knicks squad that somebody thinks would be an asset. There, 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 there you go. And see, besides Carmelo, yeah, they're right now. They've got basically a bunch of role players. Not right. counting, not counting, you know, the the upper echelon guys. So there really isn't a blockbuster out there. I mean, I've been mentally, I've been trying to find ways to get um, Demarcus Cousins down here because you know. <laughs> That's that's just a situation waiting to happen down there in Sacto. I would love to see him come to New York. Come to New York, but yeah. you know you can't offer them a bowl of cream of wheat for uh, oh, Marcus Cousins. Don't talk to me about cream of wheat. I got so much <laughs> issues with that new commercial they got out. We won't we won't go there. We won't sidebar, okay? Because I got lots of big, you know I can strangle whoever put that commercial together. But yeah, I know. I know, I know. We won't go there. Okay, Cap- Captain Crunch. We'll, just, we'll, we'll Captain go with Crunch. Captain Crunch. Gotcha. I like him. Mm-hmm. So, moving to the NFL, we've got four big games coming up. Two? Well, Sorry. Well, three, really. Three. Technically. If you, technically. If you don't count the Pro Bowl. I, I refuse <laughs> to count the Pro Bowl. Tony, you're killing me today. I'm you're sorry. killing me today. I'm sorry. Why are you not looking at the Pro Bowl? Because you think it's what a waste of time, pretty much. That would be number four on the on, on the on the list <laughs> on the of number, list. on the list of the top ten. But but wasn't the Pro Bowl kind of created to kind of soothe folks' egos who didn't necessarily make it to the Super Bowl or the playoffs? No, because they used because back in the day they used to play it the week after the Super Bowl. That's right, they did. You know, and now and see. The NFL, in their greedy mode, wants to try and make now. Now, apparently, this year they're pushing. You know, they've gone back to the old format of AFC NFC, right? But now right. this year they're pushing this uh, skills competition, which I, usually I, I, is I, like I, I have no. Now, see, do you remember a few years back uh, during? I think it was in fact, I think it was during Super Bowl week. Uh-huh. Uh, former running back for the Patriots, Robert Edwards, they played this. Um, game they played this uh game in hawaii right um and on the sand 
and he tore up his knee. I was going to say he got really badly and hurt. Ba- well, his his career was basically, was basically over, over after that. And see, with basketball, you can do a skills competition. With hockey, you can do a skills competition. Baseball, you can do a skill. Football, I mean, it's the, the nature- same game. Well, it's the the nature of the game. I mean, the physicality of it. You know, I mean, what, 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 you're going to have like a referee with the biggest guns, or I mean, it's it's it's, it's you're going to have a throw. Now, now, I know back in the day they used to do an NFL quarterbacks competition. Yes. Which was kind of cool. Yeah. But be- I've always, the thing is, with the nature of the game, it, an all-star game just doesn't, it, do- it doesn't fly because of the nature of the game. And look, there's nothing well, wrong. what could they do? I mean. I don't know. You show, know NFL, you have, show NFL I, films I, for three hours. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. <laughs> but that's because you're a purist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that would please you. But. You but- the average fan? I wouldn't no. have a problem with them like having basically a week to sort of celebrate the Pro Bowl guys. I get that. I mean, you know, it is an honor to go to Hawaii, although this year they're playing in Orlando, mm-hmm. which is another which is another two right. hour thing I guess we could do on as well. But you know, you honor them in a certain way, but you don't necessarily have to have a game. Now now, truth be told, growing up, I watched the Pro Bowl and, and it was a pro bowl. Oh, it was it was it was, it was a de- you know, decent competition and everything like that. But because of the nature of the game now, and because the NFL wants to suck the the life out of every <laughs> dollar that they make, the Pro Bowl has you know it's 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 literally gotten lost in translation, and mm-hmm. there's really no need for it anymore. And let's put it this way: next to Thursday night football, if they got rid of pro uh, the Pro Bowl, I don't you think don't think anybody, anybody make a difference? No, I, I mean, no. it wouldn't people wouldn't care. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, I mean, so what do you see in its place? Nothing. I mean, let's put you know this. Smarter people than me are still trying to figure out what to do with that week in between as well. But you know, there's nothing wrong with just not having any. I mean. Let's put it this way. We've survived uh, 45, 46 Super Bowls without anything in between um, the week. Right. So it's not like, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Just a common sense approach to it. I mean, I don't know. You know, they have the NFL experience during the week of that certain, you know, whatever city that's hosting it. Right. But you don't necessarily see guys out there in full pads and, you know, hitting somebody in anger. Again, it's it's the nature of the sport. They may just they may just have to just take a mulligan and just say, you know what? There's no need for this. This is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is what it is. But see there, but see them, you know, we're you know, being the all knowing, all seeing NFL that wants to make a money make a buck off of everything, they're going to they're gonna be stubborn and they're gonna keep it around and they're gonna try to do something mm-hmm. to to whatever with it. So we'll see. This is President Obama's last week in office read something on SI.com mm-hmm. sports illustrated.com mm-hmm. talking about the influence that Obama had on pro athletes and specifically those in the NFL. And it seems like those in the NFL gave more money. They became bolder when it came to issues of not only pay but race and some things that were going on in this country um harry edwards 
says this is possibly and that for you all that don't know harry edwards is the big time black psychologist that has done studies on black athletes in different sports mm-hmm. and he says this is possibly one of the most activist so to speak eras for athletes well, because mm-hmm. of they've been um not necessarily prodded into a corner but they have been pushed or have had an Obama influence. And, you know, truth be told, there's been guys that have been uh, that, have, that have been a part of the movement even before Obama got right, there. You know, right. e- Eton Thomas, the uh, former NBA player, comes to mind. Of course, uh, Jim Brown. Right. And now and now you're starting to see other folks could see what, what I find kind of funny is. Uh, people have stopped talking about "quote unquote" Kaepernick, but Kaepernick has is still doing stuff. He, you know, uh, when the season ended, he literally hit the ground running. He uh, he's uh, donated uh, money from his uh, jersey sales to help with books in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Um, they all he also helped. Now also he did uh, during the season he did voter registration mm-hmm. uh, drives right. as well, right. and he also. Uh, has put in, uh, what was it? I think it was, um, it's like a seminar with uh, kids in regard to reading more and mm. putting in computers in uh, boys and girls clubs. So people who keep, so the folks that kept saying, well, what's he doing this for and why, you know, they, uh, as surprise, surprise, they missed the boat. The guy got his conscience more than anything else because, mm-hmm. and take it for whatever it's worth. One of the stupidest things I heard was when Ray Lewis said, well, why is he being an activist now? Well, you know, Dr. King didn't wake up, wasn't born an activist. Mm-hmm. Malcolm didn't wake up. You know, when Malcolm was born, he wasn't the Malcolm that Malcolm that X, that we, we came knew. to know. You, yeah. you evolve into that. You see yeah. what goes on. You see how things are. And then you react. I mean, uh, what were they saying? Dr. King was 23. 223 at the time of the uh, Montgomery boycott. Mm-hmm. And he was 34 when he gave the I Have a Dream speech. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, just it's not like, you know, you wake up at five years old and say, fight the power. Right. It's something you evolve into. And he and most importantly, he's still he is still uh, doing that. Now, people want to take him to task. Oh, he didn't vote. He didn't right. vote. Right. Please. Well, you know. As an aside, you didn't have anybody to vote for, number one, but that's a, that's, that's a whole other uh, conversation. But there are, there are quote-unquote, smarter people than him that didn't vote, right. and they're not going to hang them out, on the, uh, out to drive. But it makes for good reading, let's put it that way. And Benjamin Watson put out a book called Under Our Skin, and he plans to talk about it in February along with Tony Dungy. So there are a lot of people who have had the influence or the Obama influence in sports. They also talked about him really being um, one of the first presidents who really had an interest in the um, NCAA, the Final Fours, and doing brackets. I mean, on his own, genuinely, Mm -hmm. not like it was a PR stunt. Yeah, ESPN dragged him out every March to do do, do both, and he had him doing both the women's and men's (laughs) brackets. So it's like, okay, So, so like... That gives ESPN at least 10 minutes of, uh, of, uh, of uh, stuff to do. It's crazy. At least, yeah. at least. Yeah. But, no, I mean, the guy's always, you know, he's been a sports fan. Yeah. Let's put it this way. 
the Cubs could have waited until next year <laughs> to have their uh, their World Series. They did it. They did it. This they did week. it this this week. And, and we yeah. can consider the fact that he's uh, a White Sox fan. Yeah, that's big. Mm-hmm. That's big. All right, Packers versus Falcons. <laughs> Why? Why the? Egg? No, no. It's, it's, I, I think Green Bay takes them out. I do too. Yeah. Although SI is saying that Kyle Shanahan is the best play caller in the league. Don't tell Robert Griffin. Don't tell Robin Griffin the third that. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah. it's funny. By the time we air this, he may be the uh, what's the what I think the uh, I think the only opening left is the Rams. I guess the, he may be. He may the be Rams, the Rams, Rams head coach. coach? Mm-hmm. Really? Possibly. Well, they're they're you know. I think that's the only opening left right now. Unless uh-huh. something happens again. Something Gotta see what happens. And the danger there, I guess, too, is on the flip side of this. Aaron Rodgers has done 60 yards on six scrambles against the Falcons. So, you know, even though they've met before, it seems that Aaron Rodgers is more prepared. Well, they're on a. I mean, they're on a roll now. You know, not you know last week's game, notwithstanding that, that just that just added even more. They're on that roll that they had uh, when they won. Yeah, when they when they when they won when the they Super won. Bowl a few years. I ago. I mean, that that game last week was probably one of the best games I've oh, seen in a that, long time. That's an all timer in play. That's an all timer in playoff. When you when you you know, let's put it this way. And I was and I was I was talking a lot of Dallas fans off the ledge mm-hmm. uh, the last few days, <laughs> and basically I was like, "Look, if someone had told you at twenty one three that you were going to be tied at twenty eight with less than right. a minute to go, right. you'd have bought that." Right. So look what it took for you to get knocked out. I mean that that last the last play where the kid gets his feet in bounds and what have you. Now again, you know you could say, "Oh, they should have you know held the ball and not and not given them the ball back." That's easy to say now, but at the yeah, time, it's kind of hindsight, right? Yeah, I mean, remember again when it was twenty-one to three, you just you saying, thought it was over. Yeah, you, you, you look. You could have been, you know, you you could have been uh, rearranging the decks of your chairs at the in the fourth <laughs> quarter at the way that that game was going at the time. But other other this way, only the only people who are more disappointed than Dallas fans, beside uh, Wiz Khalifa and Jerry Jones. <laughs> Are folks that are just really nitpicking. I mean, and, and it's understandable because they've gone through this one and done before right, when before. they've had. The, but again, they've got a great future now because I, I believe this, so. This way, I believe if so. If there's anybody that still wants to talk about this being a, court, a quarterback controversy, please. That's really not. That's the guy. Let Romo go somewhere else. And try to stay upright for more than four games. Yeah, exactly. And Dallas's coach will definitely keep his job. I don't see him going. Why I would they? Guess, why would they yeah, get guess. rid of him? But put, let's put it this way: a lot of what Jerry's doing is he's trying. See, Jerry wants to get a first round pick for Romo. That's why he's trying to talk him up. And the rest of the league is like, please. Right, ain't he's, he's gonna, basically had his day. Yeah, ain't nobody gonna give them a first round pick for for right. Tony Romo, and, and you know, and for what? For you to come back and kick our behinds with that first pick? Well, well, no. See, to me, Tony Romo is in that Derrick Rose thing where yeah. you know you got to stay up, you got to stay upright for more than seven games for us. You know, you right. got to guarantee that we're gonna because you know, 
he could be one more concussion away from working in Bristol. <laughs> so, you know, they'll get, I mean, they'll get, they should get something good for him. But if, but he wants the first round pick, that ain't happening. That's, that's just not going to happen. So, who's the winner? Which game? Packers. Packers oh, and Falcons. Oh, uh, I think Atlanta will keep it close, but at some point the Packers will just be like, okay, get out of the way. Sit down. But now their record's a little bit better. A little bit. Yeah, well. I think they're evenly matched. But I'll, you know what? I'll say this much. Their defense is probably a little bit better than they've been given credit for. Who, Atlanta? Yeah, but, but you know, again, Rodgers is on a roll right now. Yeah, he's a beast. He's on a, he's on a, he's on a possibly a historic role when you realize that they had to win, what was it, six, you know, not counting the, right. they had to win six straight just to get into the dance. And they've elevated their play since then. And it's, you know, it's, it's crazy because the wild card way is almost becoming the real way to the Super Bowl now when you really yeah, think about when it. You think that, about extra, it. Week, that extra week, it almost prepares Makes you for a difference. That. Now, luckily, they were able to host one game and now, and then they go into Dallas, and now they go. Excuse me. Now they'll go into uh, Atlanta. So, I mean, it it still means something to win the division and have the home field right. and everything like right. that. But ain't nothing wrong with the wild card. Well, yeah, because there was a time when wild card was like, okay, woohoo, the stinky team made it, mm-hmm. you know. So now let's just knock them out, get them out the way, and move on. But it's turned out that over the years, most of those teams have become more and more formidable. Sure. And, and it also speaks to the parody slash medio- mediocrity, mediocrity, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> with, the, with, with the NFL. Because, let's face it, a lot, there were a lot of Giant fans that felt like, hey, they could make their run. But unfortunately, their defense didn't show up right. for, for that game. You know, and, and, and plus, you got all these people that are blaming the um the this that uh Miami trip with the uh with the with the uh, wide receivers oh, yeah. on their off day it was their off day folks leave them alone i mean the, hey. the, the only the only stupid thing that they did was putting on instagram <laughs> cuz goodness knows if they had cameras when we were young a lot of us probably wouldn't have jobs yeah yeah or 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 at least we would have been we would have put this way the fact that they admitted they were in public with Justin Bieber, that's 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 <laughs> they're going they're going to hell for that just alone. So there was no need to have to have all the other stuff. All right. Our team that we love to hate. Patriots. Steelers. I like the Steelers and it's not and it's not because of my my routinely hate for the Patriots. Matter of fact, I'll say this much, which is to me it's gonna come down to the running games. Mm. Uh, whoever has a better game between either Blunt or Bell, that team is going to win. I like I like Pittsburgh only because I think they're again I think their defense is just a tad bit more, uh, it's just a little bit better, and I could see them winning going into you know of, of the remaining teams. They're probably the only one that could have gone in there and gone into uh, Foxborough and Foxborough won. and really play. If, if Oakland... But they've never won in Foxborough. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other piece in that is when they have gone to Foxborough, their team hasn't been fully healthy. This year, not only are they healthy, mm-hmm. Roethlisberger's back, and you got Le'Veon Bell. 
So that may be the equalizer for them. And, you know, to me, he's the best, he's the best weapon uh, left yeah, that in Pittsburgh the playoffs because, because of that run pass uh, thing that he can do. You know, Aaron Rodgers notwithstanding, I think Bell, because Bell can also catch you five, six balls coming out of the backfield and, oh, by the way, can, you know, run 100, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, look, uh, their biggest problem is going to be Antonio Brown's phone for the most part. <laughs> they can keep him off the phone. They'll be fine. Le'Veon Bell has 337 rushing yards in his postseason games. Yeah, yeah. All his games, he has rushed. But you know what? I'll say this. I'm actually going to say something nice about the, the Patriots. The Patriots? Yeah. Their best, out of all those Super Bowl teams that won, I always felt like their best one was when they had Corey Dillon running the ball. Mm-hmm. And LeGarrette Blunt has basically had a Corey Dillon season, I think like 15, 16 touchdowns yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And he is, you know, he's a workhorse sort of guy. It's old school football with them. They're, you know, the thing with them is, and this is the this is the biggest complaint I have with a lot of these NFL teams. You can't pass the ball 50, 60 times and yeah. expect to win. Expect to win. You've got you know, to, I mean, it's got to be a running game. It's got to be a ground game somewhere. And, and I hear all the folks saying, well, what about the, the Green Bay uh, Cowboys game? That's a different instance. When you're down you know, early, you're going to throw the ball a little bit more. Right. And in, in all honesty, I mean, when you have two teams like Dallas and uh, Green Bay and their quarterbacks are strong. You expect them to throw the ball. You sure. expect it not to be a full ground game. Mm-hmm. That that only makes sense. Well, my 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 biggest complaint, like I said, what I'm, I'm like I said, I'm an old school guy. I still think you still have to run the ball. You still got to be able to run the ball. Especially, I, I look at it as like you know how the NBA it becomes more of a half court game right. in the playoffs, right? Especially in the NFL. Because everybody in their mama likes to throw, you got the, the difference is if you're able to run the ball and have that ground control. One of the reasons why now, now let's now let's be honest. That Pittsburgh game Sunday was on Esther ugly. Yeah, that because, was you know that five was. five field that goals, was. and you couldn't get one touchdown. But the but the difference was because they had Bell back there pounding and pounding right. and pounding. Right. And to me, that's still. Especially if you're a cold weather team as well, right? You got to be able to pound the ball. I think one of the reasons why the Giants, one of the other reasons why the Giants couldn't win this year, they were able to pass the ball and the defense was a little bit better. But historically, they always had a Joe Morris mm-hmm. or a Hampton mm-hmm. or a Bradshaw there to run the ball. Run the ball, and yeah. Now and they and, and they don't have that right now. I mean. They don't even have a. I mean, they, they don't even have a mediocre running back back there at this point mm-hmm. in time. Right now. And as much as you may think Eli or whatever is overrated, can't throw the ball 40, 50 times all the time. No, that's that's unfair to his arm and 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 and, and his psyche. <laughs> well, you know, it goes back to protection too. Aaron Rodgers has has beautiful protection. I mean, he can stand back there in that pocket and really get a good look at the field. There were there were there were a couple instances where he could have gone, made a couple of hot pockets, right. eaten and, them, and, and come, come back. back and then throw the ball. <laughs> it was it was crazy. But but both it's of them crazy. got both of them got that. that. Both of them got that because Green Bay. You know, you were probably looking at number one and number two. In offensive lines uh-huh. with both of those with both of those teams on Sunday as well. That's why 
That's why I, I that's why I, I didn't think it was going to be that a, type a of score. Blur. Yeah. Well, I, I let's put it this way. A lot of it was their adjustment and mm-hmm. one of the biggest I know a lot of the biggest complaints I heard from a lot of Giants fans, I mean I'm sorry, Cowboy fans was that five uh that five yard cushion uh they were given all of their receivers. See, going into the game, I felt like Dallas would go as far as their defense would. Offensively, they're on the same level as Green Bay. Their defense has been mm-hmm. whatever. And you can't have Sean Lee make every tackle. Every tackle, you yeah. You really can't. It's tough. But I've heard people say that Kansas City is overrated. You know why? And I I don't believe that. See, what's hurt, what's hurt them over the years is whether it was Schottenheimer, whether it was Vermeil, you know, there's been several times when they've gotten the home field advantage and they've blown it. They've blown at it. At home. And, yeah. and see, yeah. after, you know, like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And right. see, this has been, this is at least the fourth time that I can think of that they had home field in the playoffs and lost. And, at you know, and, and again, they're working on their so, third coach now. I was going to say, so who's responsible for that? Well, now, a little bit of everybody? Yeah, I get, well, now there are a lot of people are sort of alibi and, you know, maybe they shouldn't have IR'd um, Jamal Charles. Uh-huh. But again, you don't want to, you don't want to have a guy that's not completely healthy, especially when he's a big part of your offense. Right, right. Now, Jamal, you know, Jamal Charles is one of the best when he's healthy. He's right up there with Bell and Zeke and all these, and all those other, other guys. guys. But yeah. he was not completely healthy. And, Unfortunately, with the way IR works, when you IR a guy, you can't bring him back unless injured reserve. Yeah, so yeah, sorry about it. And without without extenuating circumstances, and they they said, you know what, we got to IR him because we can't we can't can't take the chance. Yeah, yeah, and take the chance. It it, did it come back to haunt them a little bit? Yeah, but the the thing, you know, they were pushing their their kick returner, whose name uh, escapes me now, who has been just a great all purpose yeah, guy. Yeah, I know you. Those guys about. are good, but unless unless they get the ball, say thirty forty times a game, they're really not going to be they're really not going to be a factor. But okay, so how do you reroute that, if you will? I mean. Most people don't get a ball. True. Twenty, thirty times a game. Well, that's the, so. That's, how do you spread it out? Well, that's that's the. Or thing. Is that the variation in play? It's it and and, and you've got to expand your weapon. See, I, I'm, I actually like Alex Smith as a quarterback. He's you know he's milk toast, but he gets the job done. Yeah, you know he's he's. Yeah. Let's put it this way, he's he's not uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. But he ain't Aaron Rodgers either. He's mm-hmm. somewhere he's, in the middle. He's above. He's he's an above average quarterback. Mm-hmm. But but would you not consider him a so called blue collar quarterback because he kind of works? Yeah, well, see, gets the job but, done. This way, the the one thing you don't want to hear be called is a game manager because it's basically you know because it's basically saying that they you just do you know whatever. Uh-huh. I think he's better than a game manager, but for whatever reason. No coach has ever really opened, you know, had him open up uh, up the game. Now, when he was with Utah and uh, Urban Meyer, 
they played that wide open style. Right. Now they didn't throw the ball deep a lot, but they played that yeah. wide open style that everybody plays now in, in, in the NFL. And to a lesser extent, he was doing that uh with the Niners. People forget he did get them to a uh NFC title game. They lost to the Giants in overtime, but he but he got them there. Um truth be told, he probably has a few better weapons in, uh, at Kansas City because of the running situation, but he's never really had that, you know, he's never really had that complete arsenal, and it seems like for whatever reason, no one's allowed him to just be like, Alex, you're the quarterback, we're going to open it up, go out Here, there and do yeah. it. Do your thing. And it's never, never worked out that way. Yeah. yeah. So... Who's the winner in that game? I like I, I, I like to see it again. I, I I like I said I, I qualify it by whoever running back does better will win. But put a gun to my head, I think the Steelers can go in there and win. Any point spreads for either game? I don't. Nah, nah. I'm not Jimmy the Geek. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. This guy's gonna win. Boom. <laughs> because I I think it's so interesting, and you and I. We have to have a discussion about fantasy sports. Do we? we haven't. Yeah, I know do you don't we? like it, oh, do but I we? think it's important because I think it has made a difference in the way odds turn out. But it's negatively, though. I think. Yeah, because I, I, I would agree with well, you see, on that. You know, and we can a little quick one, right quick. Real quick. When you're basing everything off of numbers, you lose me, because. It's what's what's that? There's there's an ESPN show they call numbers. Uh, numbers don't lie. Mm. Oh yes, they do at times. Well, how are you? How are you saying that's that's a negative effect? Because put it this way, a few years back, I can't remember the analyst or the player that they were talking about. He said, and I quote: "This guy doesn't put up good fantasy league numbers, so he can't be that good of a quarterback." And my thing was, I needed to find a brick to throw through the TV. You're going to tell me because a guy doesn't put up basically numbers so you can win the NFL lottery that he's not a good quarterback? You know how asinine that is? Because at the, at the end of the day, fantasy sports is about generating numbers. You know, it's, it has very little to do with game strategy. Do I play this guy this week or do I right. not play this guy this week? Right. Any anybody can do that. At the end of the day, it's still gambling. But the thing is, you're not you know you're not making adjustments at halftime like coaches right. are. You're right. not game planning for well, how are we going to stop this guy from whatever? And what do we do with our secondary coverages and everything? You're not you know they always try to say you know fantasy is you know it's, it's like you're running the team. No, it isn't. <laughs> It's just a higher form of gambling with a, with it's to me I look at it as the NFL's version of the lotto. Uh, That's it. You're trying to get numbers, you're trying to get God cuz any idiot can have the first pick and draft Aaron Rodgers. Any idiot can go and draft that's true. you know uh, um um I'm trying to think of a running back um Adrian Peterson. I don't you know it's not like I need it's not like I got to read my fantasy league guide all right. night and whatever to what and, and talk about what this man can do and, and how and, he... and, and and also they don't it's it's all offensively. Uh-huh. It's all about offense. It's not about defense. And see, yeah. that's that's 
That's a big difference. See, and see, that's the dangerous part to me in regards to fantasy and how it relates to how people analyze football. Because at the end of the day, you're just dealing with offense. You're not dealing with strong, you know, strong coverage. Do I do the three four? Do I um, go back into the mm-hmm. nickel or what have you? I'm just putting up numbers. That's it. That's all it is. And I'm sorry if that offends the uh, fantasy folks, but it's it's you're basically playing with with um, baseball, basketball, any of it. You're basically crunching numbers. Yeah. At the end of the day, now you're not really considering. I've, anything I've, else. I've done my. I've, I've said my. <laughs> You've piece. done your due diligence. Yeah. All right. All right. Tony, give your title because I'm I'm swimming. Oh, oh, no problem. Uh, editor editor in chief emeritus of the Black Athlete Sports Network. You can check us out at www.blackathlete.net. That is wonderful because I am loopy right about now. <laughs> I haven't had any medicine or any sleep, so it's one of those things where I'm glad you that you're, you're here. You you weren't at, you weren't at that thing with uh, Bieber and them, were you? <laughs> no, I wasn't there. Just want to make sure. <laughs> I wasn't there, honestly. I was here in Connecticut. Okay, okay. But thank you, Tony, so much for appearing on the show. You know we're going to have you back. Sure. Because we got to talk a little NBA. Sure. sure. And that's probably going to be after All-Stars. That's, yeah, that's cool. Cause then, Is that cause good? Because by then, everybody's well, yeah, serious. We, know, it's you know, you know, it's, we both agree. That's when the season begins. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> well, for, for some teams, it's already, the season's already over. So... <laughs> College football, sure. Assessment: Clemson. Uh, Deshaun Deshaun Foster should be the number one pick in the draft, as far as I'm concerned. He's the best quarterback coming out, and uh, any team that will any team that he goes to will have a franchise quarterback, as far as I'm concerned. Should they build around him? Please, yes, yeah. I you know he's he's playing. You know, again that style of that pro style offense. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the league is playing that. He's mobile. He can throw. And, and all that other stuff. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying. I'm not trying to audition to be his agent, but I think, I think he's the best quarterback coming out right now. All right, you heard it from the sports guru, New Haven's own Anthony McLean. I thank him for being a part of the show today. Like I said, you'll you'll hear from him again after NBA All Star. This has been the show on 103.5 FM LP. My name is Michelle Turner, and I thank you all so much for joining us this morning.